Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. Joining, oh God, ah, I've lost it. Ah, oh, oh, I'm in the studio and I've lost my train of thought. Josh, Wow. hello. Hello. Wow. It's taken me 145 or 144 episodes. Depends, frankly, and we'll get to why. Oof. But I've finally messed it up. Should we keep going? Yeah, sod okay. it. Cool, how are you? Good. Weird cold open, but I guess, but not really. Weird one indeed. Uh, we are here... Because I essentially, what I've done, and I'm feeling pretty heroic about all this, actually. Uh, through Bold. my, frankly, brilliant sacrifice, we are now able to see Jungle Cruise. Yes. And don't have to watch The Room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we avoid the thing that I have actually been dreading a little bit for quite some time, uh, even though we booked it and paid good money for it. Uh <laughs> And we are seeing a film that I hope that I will very much enjoy. Yes. What, why were you dreading something that you'd paid money for? Um, the experience of The Room at the Prince Charles Cinema, which is a monthly occurrence, and they show them because The Room is so uh, such an iconic film these days, I guess, for nefarious reasons. Ironically iconic. Yes. Um, a cult classic. They show it every month, and the whole audience... Talks along with it. That sounds like a nightmare. Yes. Especially in these COVID times. Yes. So that's kind of how the whole thing generally goes, is they all talk along. Everyone thinks they're all, you know, high cinema goers. Yeah. And really enjoy themselves. And fair play to them if that's how they want to experience the film. Sometimes Tommy Wiseau turns up so you can get photos with him and autographs and stuff that you have to pay for. Uh, that's how he makes a living these days, by the sounds of things. <sighs> it's not for me. Uh, not for me. But I, I, I kind of want to experience it at some point, just to say I've done it, tick it off the list as a cinema goer. Yeah. But uh, I can't imagine I'll enjoy myself. Um, no. No, I think I need to be in the right frame of mind. And, you know, yeah. as, as the clock ticked by and we got closer and closer to showtime, I wasn't feeling it and it was the... Uh, when should we meet tonight? That just pushed me over the yeah, edge. It, it finally got me to make the decision I knew I'd been ready to make for about two weeks, which is, I don't really want to yeah, see this but, after all. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> see ya, I'm um, gone. Yeah, I'm kind of glad, glad you said it. I made, I made the decision uh, yeah. for us both, I feel. I yeah. saved us both from a, a worse fate than recording a podcast. Uh, but at least we're back in the studio, you know. It's good to be back after my uh, impromptu self-isolation. Yeah. That's all uh, over and done with now, which is fantastic. And uh, as we speak, it is Thursday, the 29th of July. So a few days in advance of when you'll be hearing this podcast and uh, the slight mystery around the Jungle Cruise, because by the time you hear this, we will have seen the Jungle Cruise, because, of course, maybe the original we think we will have seen. The Jungle Cruise. The original plan was to record the podcast on Saturday, being the 31st of July, in a pretty uh, narrow window because Josh has like a social life or oh. something's going on there. I quite... pretend to have a social life more than anything. I don't approve. Yeah. Uh, and so we were, you know, faced, I think we might have mentioned it on the podcast, we were faced with the real fear that we, esteemed theme park journalists, who dedicated an entire podcast series to watching every theme park film that had ever been made yeah. would not be able to see the only new theme park film that's come out since we've been doing this during not even opening day let alone the, let alone opening day not even the opening weekend and that was a real possibility and it wasn't one i was comfortable with so by ditching the room not only have we spared ourselves you know, just a bad night at the cinema yeah. in general. It's also allowed us to do the podcast tonight and therefore make room potentially, because as I say, it is a narrow window, but we think we could squeeze it in Jungle Cruise on Saturday morning. And we, we're thinking we might do some, we might be able to squeeze in a sort of reaction pod, if you like. And if we've been able to do that, you may well have already had, you may have had a bonus weekend podcast is what I'm saying. You know, what can you say? What can you say? A preview of what's to come when we launch our Patreon for <laughs> our loyal fans. And uh, there will come a day where you'll have to pay up for such yeah. bonus goodness on a, on a Saturday. Yeah. In before uh, the bonus episode doesn't happen and you get it next Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly. <laughs> anyway. It's kind of a bumper like 
theme park film weekend almost because of uh, the double bill we're seeing tomorrow night is obviously Jurassic Park and Jaws. Yes. So two absolute staples of of the theme park world, if you like. Yeah. In fact, I think I. In fact, I'm certain I I would have ridden Jaws before I saw Jaws. Yeah, I would have 100%. seen. I would have been on Jaws as an unsuspecting five, six year old. I'd imagine. Yeah. In Florida in the late nineties, and then uh, and then didn't see the film for yeah, you know, quite some time to mm. be honest. Probably within the last ten. 11 years is when I saw Jaws for the first time. Wait, what? Yeah. No, I reckon it took me that long. I watched wow. it for the first time in Florida. It was on It was on TV and um, just, you know, uh, terrestrial TV, you know, standard US TV, cable. Cable, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I thought, well, let's just finally see what this blimmin' shark film was all about, you know. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's all right. It's up there, I suppose. I, I'd probably still put Sharknado ahead of it and maybe the Meg. That's but Jaws is okay. That's, in- that's <laughs> you, It's interesting you bring Sharknado up because maybe we have to watch, I think it's Sharknado 3 because that's set at Universal Studios Orlando. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. There yes, is, we absolutely do need to watch that. There is a part in it where Jerry Springer um, is just there on a holiday and he gets tries to take a photo with Bruce. Yes. Hanging up. Yes. But during the Sharknado, Bruce has been knocked out of his position and a, a real, <laughs> quote unquote, real shark yes. uh, has landed in his spot and then eats Jerry Springer. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yes, we should absolutely watch Sharknado uh, 3. Rip Ride, for sure, for I think sure. it's 3. Rip Ride Rocket is in it. Oh, okay. So it's pretty new then. Yeah. Relatively new. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we should absolutely, we should absolutely watch that. I thought when you said it's been a bit of a theme park movie weekend, is because as well as Jungle Cruise coming out, uh, there's also been a bit uh, of a development potential on one other theme park film that is seemingly in the works at Disney, and, and maybe potentially another one just through kind of association with another story oh. that's broken just as we record here. So uh, before we get into kind of some of the meat of the show that we've got which involves behind the attraction again which we talked about last week we've watched some more of that face masks are back baby uh so we'll get onto that there is stuff to talk about but yeah on the topic of these theme park movies so yeah jungle cruise as a recording i think it's out in the us and it's out here in the uk tomorrow on uh, friday the 30th at the cinemas and on of course disney plus uh a little while ago we talked about a new Tower of Terror film. Yes. Uh, that's apparently in development uh, with Disney and the uh, production company that is owned by Scarlett Johansson. So not only was she going to potentially have a producing credit on this Tower of Terror film, uh, which to stress would be inspired by the Tower of Terror ride, yep. not the Twilight Zone, um, and she would have she would star in that film as well. However, and she'd write the theme tunes. And she'd <laughs> yes, absolutely. She'd play all the uh, ethnic minority parts because that's the thing she enjoys. Yeah, yes, she would have done the whole the whole spiel. But maybe not. <gasps> maybe not because uh, b- 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 breaking news at this hour. We cross live. We cross live to our entertainment correspondent Josh, who's live in Hollywood. Josh, the big news. The big news coming out of the movie industry tonight, and it could have major ramifications for the future of Disney and their filmmaking division because one of their biggest stars of arguably the last decade could well have turned against them. We cross now live to Josh. Uh- is that right, Tom? I I must have missed that. I, is that is that what's happened? I I saw him. I thought I just got subbed off. Josh, Josh, Josh. I've got it written in front of me here, uh, and and what I'm reading, what I'm reading, is that Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. Josh, can you confirm? Can you confirm? I I don't, I don't know, Tom. Get your fingers out. Count how many zeros are on a Black Widow contract and then you can work out how greedy she fancies being and whether or not she feels the need to sue Disney because she hasn't earned enough money. Uh, well, I saw that, but I thought they got that corrected. Uh, afraid not, Josh. Oh. It, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, it does, it does seem to be confirmed news reported by the esteemed entertainment news website Variety. They say Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney over their decision to release 
Black Widow on Disney Plus yeah. at the same time as being in the cinema. She claims that her contract stated that that would not happen. It was a condition of her contract that that would not happen. And apparently, and this is quite common, uh, a, a large proportion of her earnings uh, from Black Widow would be based on its box office takings. And I think it's done okay. Obviously, by COVID standards, it's, it's probably done fantastically well, but it will have fallen well, well short of, obviously, what a, a pre-COVID Marvel film would have taken. Yeah. And so uh, it's done pretty well on Disney+. Plus. I think we've, we, we, we've read about that in the past few weeks, and it's probably made Disney consider... Uh, this kind of release strategy as something they should stick with moving forward. I think Jungle Cruise is obviously doing this interestingly enough right now, uh, and we are only about five weeks or so from release, I think. I do believe Shang-Chi is still sticking to cinema only uh, for, for, for for the time being as it stands. But, yeah, uh, this, is, this is pretty crazy. I mean, I'd imagine this gets settled pretty quickly, because I think it's in both of their interests for that to happen. Yeah, you'd hope, right? Um, yeah. You know, the Wall Street Journal, uh, the WSJ, broke the news about the lawsuit, and they reckon, or sources close to, close to Johansson estimate, that she could have lost up to $50 million in bonuses. Oh, she'll be on the streets. Yeah. She'll be on the streets, Josh. How's she going to eat? How's she going to sleep? Oh, must be tough. Must be. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you could pledge $50 million to our Patreon. Uh, yeah, and with that money, I could afford a flat in the fine town of Dartford. <laughs> Maybe one even with two bedrooms. Whoa, <laughs> careful. Yeah. I don't know if it'll cope. I'd push the boat out, but yeah. I can't afford one of those either. <laughs> I think you'd struggle with $50 million, to be honest, Tom. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, it's pretty mad. Obviously, with the Terra Terra news, do you reckon... Do you reckon that goes ahead? Do you reckon that they carry on with that? Or do you reckon uh, Disney and Johansson's production company part ways on that project? Mm, I don't know. Maybe they part ways. Or maybe maybe the setup now for Tower of Terror is that Scarlett Johansson goes up to, I guess at this point, Bob Chapek's office. Yeah. Right? Is it yeah. Disney, is he? Is that, or, or would it still be Bob Iger? I don't, I don't know. Whoever's dealing with this, one of the Bobs. Yeah, because Bob Iger came back, right? Uh, yes, I it, guess it's so. It's like the beginning of oh, uh, halfway through Wolf of Wall Street. Like, <laughs> I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Bob Iger's got enough of an ego that he, as his diet, as his final act at Disney, would try and commission a biopic about himself, yeah. starring Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. as him. Uh, I get, get the sense he's got that ego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the, uh, the the classic Walt statue. Be Walt on one side, Mickey in the middle, and then Bob on the other side. No, no Bob would just replace Walt. <laughs> just straight yeah. up. Is that you know what? Walt's had Walt's, his time. Walt's had his day. I'm running the show now. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's, the setup of Tower of Terror perhaps is Back to Future Part Two. <laughs> yes, is uh, Scarlett Johansson goes up to the top floor of the House of Mouse. Yeah, I'd imagine it's a pretty tall building. Yes, goes to see the Bobs. Whichever one, maybe the, both. The Bobs. The Bobs. It's the Bobs. <gasps> she's and she's like, the Bobs. Bobs give me what I am owed. Yeah. Come on, Bobs. And they're like, oh, of course, of course, Scarlett, we'll deal with this, we'll deal with this. You you get on, get home, you know. Yeah. Busy, I'm sure. We'll sort this out, don't worry. Check, well, your, check your emails later, it'll all be in hand. Will we let you use the express elev- elevator so you can beat the traffic? Exactly. Yeah. Right, Scarlet walks off towards the elevator to go back down to the lobby on the bottom floor. Meanwhile, the Bobs look at each other knowingly. They know they've got her right where they want her. Yeah. Lightning bolt cracks in the background. Evil laugh fills the office of the Bobs. Big leaf Unsuspecting lot. Uh, Scarlet gets in the elevator pressing the buttons are not working Josh she's not going anywhere she started to hear the rumble of thunder and lightning from outside and then right as you say big lever in the Bob's office yeah if you're British like a bit of Graham Norton think of how he uh, drops people out of the red chair that's the vibe we're going for big old lever pulls it just in time with the lightning crack yeah and the elevator plummets plummets towards the bottom of the building at astonishing speed and uh, and timed just right with that lightning bolt Scarlet set for death but somehow transported to another dimension all because she was cheated out of 50 million dollars because Black Widow went straight to Disney Plus yep. what do you think what do you think I, I, I'm in I so think, am I I think it's got legs 
Me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I absolutely reckon. Disney call me. Disney call me. I think that's a fifty million dollar idea that time. I absolutely agree. I think I think you know, put it straight to Disney Plus if you want to, but I think you'd be doing it a disservice. This yep. deserves the biggest of screens. Yeah. I think it's a it's a surefire Oscar winner. I think IMAX and only IMAX. Absolutely. Don't want it on no Sydney World Super Screen. No. Mr. Dave's budget cinema emporium none of that i'd maybe accept it in the moving seats just because it might be quite fun yeah Yeah, it might but might fit with the vibe for dx yeah Yeah. but otherwise yeah the biggest of screens only please and thank you for dx with the with the uh screens that go around you but you're inside the elevator with her yeah i like it i like it anyway in all seriousness (laughs) do you reckon this gets solved josh and what do you think this means for the territory do you think they they, they they solve I mean it seems a bit, even if they do settle this which as I say I think they will because it's in their interest to do so it would then seem a bit weird and quite shameless frankly for them then to go <laughs> that was funny wasn't it anyway let's move on like nothing's happened you know terror terror I mean it would be a bit awkward yeah yeah uh, I don't see it happening I don't see them I see them set, settling I think they, they get that solved somehow to, well, it's an interesting area we're in right where you have this simultaneous day and date sort of uh, Disney Plus stuff so it's hard to say for certain uh, but I think this is how we figure out how the actors get paid in those day and date scenarios is through lawsuits like this yeah I don't think they work on Terra Terra I don't think Terra Terra happens wow yeah big claim hmm do you think they replace it with something else? What what thing part of Tower of Terror is on the cutting room floor now? What replaces it in the Disney thing park ride cinematic universe? Because uh, we know Haunted Mansion, a, a, a remake, a retelling of that is is on the way. Do we do we get a re? And we, we've kind of there've been rumblings, haven't there, of a re soft reboot maybe of Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. with like Karen Gillan, I think. What what do they do to replace the Tower of Terror? What's 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 a classic Disney attraction? That um, can, uh, I know. Make a film. Tower of Terror. Oh, good idea. But the Japanese one. Ah, I like it. The Harrison Hightower version. Yeah, okay. um, With Joe Rohde playing the main character. With Joe Rohde playing the main character? Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't get like a Japanese native? Well, no, because he's meant to be an American. Oh, okay, fine. I guess even if you did try and... Harrison Hightower is an American. Yeah, I know, but you know, you get you're drawing inspiration from the Japanese version of the attraction. I feel like you should get some Japanese representation in your in the movie. Well, I'm just going by the fact that Harrison Hightower was played by Joe Rohde on the ride. I guess so. Fair enough. And let's be honest, even if they did try and get Japanese representation in the film, Scarlett Johansson would audition anyway. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Oh. The Haunted Mansion, as I say, now a classic. Of course, some would say you don't touch a classic. Some would say. Some would say, well, you know, you're not meant to... That's getting cut, right? (laughs) I mean, yes, but also I'm very glad I did this because sometimes when I'm in the edit suite, eventually if it's a long one, I'll start going through the motions a little bit. I'm like, I just need to get this out. I'm glad that it took me a little bit longer to get to that point last week because you made that had passed me by at the time of recording <laughs> and if I'd gone into pass, you know go through the motions mode that would have stayed in as well yeah. and that's libel <laughs> and lawyers at the door <laughs> they have to catch me first uh, anyway the haunted mansion it's coming back apparently Josh oh boy you know who's in negotiations to star according to the Hollywood Reporter uh, Eddie Murphy no oh. it is Lakeith Stanfield who is an Oscar nominee uh, I think he was in. Uh, I think he was in. Uh, um, oh Christ! What was the film from earlier in the year? Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay, that's what got, I reckon. Have you got a photo of him? That's what I recognise him from. Here he is. Here he is. You see him there on the right. Oh uh, yeah, he was in. Um, yeah, he's been. Um, <laughs> uh, Atlanta. Uh, I don't know. He, With uh, yes, he was. He was in Atlanta. Yes, you're correct. And he. Um, sorry to bother you as well. He was in. Yes, he was nominated for the for Judas and the Black Messiah right. for Best Supporting Actor. He's yeah, I've, uh, I I really like him and everything. He was really good in Atlanta. I thought he was really good in Sorry to Bother You. I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah yet. It's on the list. It's good. It's good. Uh, and then uh, comedian Tiffany Haddish. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's also supposedly in negotiation for this. It'll be directed by Justin Simeon. Again, 
hope I've pronounced that correctly, who previously helmed Dear White People and Bad Hair. Uh, the story... I've seen film, Dear White People. Well, apparently. Is that any good? I enjoyed Dear White People, yeah. Mm. Is that not a Netflix show? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. It says this would be his first big-budget studio movie. Right. Okay. So perhaps he has got a background in, uh, in Netflix and such things. Uh, the story yeah. apparently will follow a family that moves into the titular mansion. Stanfield would play a widower who once believed in the supernatural but is now a rather lifeless tour guide in New Orleans' French Quarter. Yeah. Haddish would play a psychic hired to commune with the dead. The project is set to shoot in Louisiana this fall. Of course, it's based on a theme park ride, but is not connected to the 2003 film that starred Eddie Murphy. So what's the point? Yeah. Some, uh, when, uh, during the Haunted Mansion episode of Behind the Attraction, I actually had good thoughts on this because obviously that film, pretty terrible. I think we, you know, you go back and listen to our episode on it. God, uh, how long ago was that? What uh, episode would that have been? Like 40-something, yeah, probably? something like that. Let me have a look. You keep talking. It, I think it does a very good job, actually, weirdly, of capturing the essence of the ride, where you have the indoor section, which is quite dark and quite not very funny, in a sense. You get that quite a bit with the uh, scenes inside in the film, whereas when you go outside, you do get the comedic elements that you get on the outside sections of the ride, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe how long ago this was. <sighs> Episode 21. Oh, not quite. Oh. 26. Oh. The 28th of April 2019. It only warranted 31 minutes of our time. Yeah. Apparently. God. Brutal. We've, we've, we've almost done that much already. We have. Today. Yeah, we absolutely have. Anyway, uh, yeah, so as Josh says, go back and listen to our theme park film reviews. If you're a relatively recent subscriber to the Park Crush podcast, first of all, why? <laughs> Second of all, go back and listen to the old stuff. It's great. You know, yeah. the pre-COVID world, the PC world. Yeah. The stuff from the PC world. Where in the world? Maybe the best stuff. PC world. PC world. Absolutely. It's a pre-COVID world now. It's a, well, it's a COVID world, I guess. Yeah. We're not in a post-COVID world. Maybe we never will be. Pee-pee. Mm. Maybe we never will be. Oh, speaking of COVID, something I thought I'd mention that I thought oh. was fun. Uh, Thorpe Park. You can get a vaccine at Thorpe Park. You're tempted to go and sneak in for a third shot just so you can say you've got a vaccine at a thing park? Oh, that's not very smart of him, is it? Oi, what if uh, I don't want a vaccine? You can't force me to have it. <laughs> well, you know, I suppose you are right, innit? I mean, you know, if I want better phone signal what 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 should I get <laughs> <laughs> an injection I may as well just go to the shop and get an <laughs> you can't force kids to have the vaccine without their parents permission <laughs> the the comments on that were ridiculous yeah like they're just going to willy nilly give it out to six year olds that are at thing parks by themselves apparently I know, um, I know, and it's, it's ridiculous. Like you're gonna instead of ex ex <laughs> exiting through the gift shop, you exit through the vaccine centre. <laughs> you're you're trying to get out of a uh, smiler, which is obviously a bit of a maze. Oh, the queue out, then just someone jumps out from the car, <laughs> stabs you with a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or maybe, maybe they'll just go full theme park with it and they'll charge you. <laughs> so you're on your way out of the ride. Oh, I heard we could get vaccines here. Is that right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, come here, come here, come here. Right, stab, bang. All right, yeah. that'll be a tenner. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, but if you... Try and uh, take your photo while you get it done. If you want to get a vaccine at every ride, that'll only cost you 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> you just come out of your arms and just so bruised. You're the drowsiest you've ever felt because you've had paid 60 quid to get about 20 vaccine shots. <laughs> Uh, do you think it would is it, would it be safe to get on a ride after a vaccine would you want your vaccine at the beginning of your day at Thorpe Park or surely the end I yeah I, I think mm, are you driving home uh, oh that's a good question you probably are right I mean you are I am yeah yeah. I'm not getting on a tr bus to Stain Station and getting two trains oh, across, Dar no. across London to Dartford it's oh, not no, that for no. a living yeah no, I agree. So, I mean, if you... Some people feel ill after the vaccine, right? So maybe... Yeah. 
It's a tough one. It'd be a rough day if you get it right, like right at the beginning, mm. and then you then you feel rough for the rest of the day because you had a vaccine. That would be the, that would be bad. Yeah. That would be bad. What what would if you had to get the or the vaccine on a ride itself? You know, yeah. which would, by the way, you know, people are squeamish of needles, but you know, think it's for the right. I'm going to overcome my squeamishness of needles. and yeah. get the vaccine. Just put them on the road coast. Put the overhead restraint down they're not getting out of there yeah that's, that's the best way of getting the vaccine maybe in, yeah, but if you had to get the vaccine on a ride uh, which would what would be the best one for them to set up the the vaccine hub i mean you know thought park a bit better than me what yeah what do you reckon i reckon i reckon saw okay because you, you start off and you go you do the the internal bit yeah and then you kind of come out and then you stop just before the vertical yeah straight up that's where you get it yeah that's where you get it okay so you cool. stop you get stabbed then you go up nice yeah i like it well that's settled then yeah if people are unfamiliar uh the uh vaccines minister here in the uk nadim zahawi uh tweeted this morning as of recording to say good news everyone uh we're delighted to announce at thought park you can now get vaccinated at thought park uh, the uk's vaccine rollout I mean, I'm sure, you know, long-time listeners will know uh, what we think of the UK's response to COVID over the past uh, year and a bit. It's been excellent. It's been absolutely fabulous, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, the vaccine rollout has been, been very good. Uh, and, you know, somewhere like the US, of course, looked quite impressive early on because big population, uh, even if 50% of people take the vaccine, uh, so that's a big number of people. Yes. But obviously, when you're in the kind of home stretch... Uh, it, it counts more what per, what percentage of the population want the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and here in the UK, it's, it's very high. So we're doing very well. But there is, you know, that final leg, which is mostly young'uns. Yeah, uh, so that, weird, we wanna, that we want to uh, convince to get it. And so they're, they're trying to sort of, you know, you've been able to get vaccinated at football stadiums. They're trying to make it as easy as possible for people. And now they're, they're doing it at Thorpe Park. And, uh, you know, yeah, you do get some worrying... You get a worrying insight into the nation when you yeah. look at a reply when you look at replies to politicians' tweets, and yeah. you know people are well within the rights to be angry and 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 and, and whatever at, at politicians, and and I certainly do get angry at politicians. I think they are all charlatans, frankly, mm, uh, in the classic. UK certainly. However, in this particular instance, quite happy to just be like, yep, yeah, you know. You know, get the you know, vaccine right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an objective. It should be an objective thing to be like, yeah, no, that's yeah. great. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, as you say, Josh, uh, the replies. Getting the vaccine is potentially hours out of your day where you could be doing something else. So if you're already doing that thing, that other thing. It's true. You know, and you can just pop in real quick, get get the vaccine, wait 15 minutes and go on a ride. Jobs are good, am right? I'd imagine that is who they're, what they will be, the type of people they'll be aiming for with something like this are people who would never have gone out of their way to get a vaccine, maybe never even thought to get a vaccine. But if they're at Thought Park anyway and they walk past the vaccine hub and someone says, well, you might fancy it, you might, you, might get, you might get a few people that say, I'll go on then as yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And that's enough. That's that's that makes it worthwhile, even if only ten people say yes. I reckon they need to, they need to create a version of the vaccine that you can smoke. Yes, yes, I absolutely. That'd be big time. That would do very yeah. well. And make it like really cheap at so Thorpe that Park. so that dealers will cut it into their weed mm -hmm. anyway because it's so cheap. Yeah, and then everyone gets a vaccine because they're just smoking weed. I agree. Also getting the vaccine. Yes, that is a million dollar idea right there. It absolutely is, 100%. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of COVID, back. It's back. It's back, baby. COVID is back on the menu in uh, sunny Florida, and in fact, a lot of the US, because yep. as I say, hit a bit of a wall with their vaccine coverage. Who would have thought, based on the last few elections, that half of Americans are kind of psychos, Josh? Just, <laughs> Not me. They're a bit mental. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, you know, I'll let, I'll let the listeners decide which half of the population and, 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 and which political allegiances they may have, which informs uh, their, their decision on whether or not to, to take a vaccine. Couldn't possibly... Couldn't possibly comment. No. Uh, but yes, uh, that is the reason why the US vaccine rollout has hit, hit a bit of a wall. I've read a really crazy story uh, today, actually, um, where apparently, obviously, the US have got an enormous stockpile of vaccines mm. and they're struggling to get them into arms now. And so there are some people get for, who are from countries who where the vaccine rollout is not not quite at the same point there's no urgency or they just haven't been able to get supplies or whatever 
and they're flying to America just to get a, get vaccinated and then going back home. Jesus. Yeah. I reckon I reckon America should start publicly announcing that they're giving away the vaccines to other countries. Yeah. And then people are like, no, there are, there are vaccines. Yeah, no, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. There probably is a slightly strange, uh, twisted part of the population to go, how dare you help the foreigners before you help? I don't know why also... Uh, back, always Brexit backwards, backwards thinking anyone says like this regardless of what part of the world you're from yeah um, and uh, yeah they, uh, they you're probably right they probably well, what about America first yeah. I'll take that vaccine give it here yeah I don't want you know Ahmed having it how dare you give my vaccine to Ahmed or yeah. whoever yeah it's an outrage we gave away uh, recently gave quite a lot of vaccines to uh, uh, Uganda or something like that. Maybe? Ken- Kenya, we Kenya? gave eight hundred thousand to Kenya. That's a that's a that's a sizable portion. They have a population of fifty four million. It's a it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway, that was about two or three days vaccinations here not long ago. You know when we were proper in. Yeah. You know we were doing about four. We were doing about 600,000 a day at one point. Yeah, it was, first it was or just second dose numbers. or something like that. Anyway. Slide down. But yeah. We'll get there when we get there. Right. So the CDC, that's the US Centers for Disease Control, because of the you know vaccine, t- t- vaccine uptake has slowed, infections are growing, everyone's got the Delta variant now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, everywhere. Knew you'd get it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You laugh from afar. Yeah. Now who's laughing? Well, no one is. We're all upset. <laughs> no one is. No one is safe. Uh, so they've changed their guidance. Uh, you might remember for a while, uh, Americans didn't have to wear a mask if they'd been vaccinated. They yes. before before well before us had, had started introducing separate rules for the vaccinated. Yeah. Which of course introduces the problem of well, okay, so the people who don't have to wear masks now are the vaccinated and the liars, and you know yes. it's impossible really to to get on top of that potential split. Yeah. Uh, now they've gone back to uh, if you're in an area that is deemed a concern, and Florida is one of them, uh, you have to wear a mask, whatever, in an indoor space, yes. in kind of a crowded indoor space. And so this has now been uh, universal, if not official. And of course, this is not law in the US. None of this sort of mask stuff has ever been law in the same way that it has been here. It's only ever really been guidance. They let the individual states decide. And in Florida, it's not become. Law and so Universal, as of recording, have not said they're going to impose mask rules as they had done earlier on in the pandemic. But Walt Disney World have said that they will. So beginning July 30th, so by the time you hear this, this is in force. Face coverings are required for all guests age two and up while indoors and in Disney buses, monorail and Disney Skyliner, regardless of vaccination status. This includes upon entering and throughout all attractions, Face coverings remain optional for all guests in outdoor common areas. Uh, the Disneyland Resort will also require masks indoors uh, from July 30th. Josh, my first response to hearing this was the poor cast members. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, it's an odd one. It's an odd one to roll that back, I think. Certainly in the US, um, they've been quite gung-ho about uh, coming out of the restrictions. Um, I think more so than we have. Um, so it's, it's an odd one to go back on it, but mm. it is what it is. You know, you don't have to wear them outside still, which I think is sensible. And I think, you know, wearing them inside, certainly a lot of them, a lot of the spaces are quite tight spaces. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. I don't necessarily wear them indoors. So if we go to the O2, for example, over here, where it's quite a big open space, um, I don't feel it's super necessary. But if I go into the local co-op, which is quite, which is just a uh, shop, it's quite tight, so I do wear one in there. So I think, you know, mm. tight spaces is sensible. Yes, for sure. I think the, the you know, the reason this is a problem ultimately is oh, the people that are going to cause an issue by getting Larry, essentially, yeah. those are the type of people that have caused this to be a problem in the first place because yeah. they're the type of people that have been probably confrontational about all of the restrictions ever since the pandemic started. They're probably the type of people that don't want to get vaccinated. They're probably the type of people who think this whole thing is a hoax. But I don't want to pretend either. I'm sure it is also the case that there are people out there who have behaved themselves during all this and have been understanding and having got used to not having to wear a mask. They're probably a bit miffed that they now have to. And it does suck and it is a shame. 
And obviously, it's not something that anyone particularly wants. Although Disney will happily sell you a few new masks. Oh, yeah. They've got to pay maybe off Scarlet. They've got to pay off Scarlet. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why they bought it back because they've got a load more masks that they need to sell. Maybe, maybe they've been stockpiling masks. They need to get rid of them. Uh, and God forbid they just give them out for free, Josh. God forbid, Tom. Absolutely no chance. So yeah, you know, master back, master back, baby. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Mask up, America, as Sleepy Joe would say. Yeah. Will Sleepy Joe's audio animatronic have a mask on? No. Will, will any of the hope... presidents have a mask? They I should mask hope... up the presidents when the Hall of Presidents reopens. They've got to set an example. Uh, I think they're, they're a metre and a half apart. I think it's fine. Okay, are they? I mean, there's a lot of them up there so, Some of them are quite tight, actually. Some of them are quite old. Yeah, one of them sat down and I mean, one of them like on the chair. The youngest one is Obama, right? Uh, up there? Yeah. 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 Still. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, there we are. Yeah. I'd imagine more restrictions will probably roll into place over the coming weeks until, yeah. you know, America. Frankly, you know, I take no pleasure in saying this at all because, I mean, another big news story this week in the UK is that we are now allowing fully vaccinated Americans mm. and most Europeans, yeah. uh, with a few exceptions, France, for example, into the UK without having to quarantine. So if you've yes. got an approved vaccine, uh, you can come in here now. And of course, the hope the UK government has is that it will be reciprocated. Uh, I think it broadly is in Europe. There are a few exceptions. America is still, uh, no, sir, you ain't coming in here yeah. uh, for pretty much everyone, um, apart have... from American citizens. And of course, I think yeah. that... Uh, Canada's allowed in now, right? The, I, think, I but... think so. I think, yeah. I, but and I think, you know, given the Delta variant is now... Yeah, I think we're on their kind of maximum watch list of, hey, you shouldn't, like, for Americans going outside, Mm. they are advised not to come to the UK because we had, we have what is considered to be very high prevalence of coronavirus, which is true. And of course, in the recent months, it's been driven by the Delta variant. And the reason why we've, why we've just about been getting away with it in terms of it not translating into huge numbers of hospitalizations and deaths, that's not to undermine the other COVID ailments you can get, like, long covid or whatever else and even if it only lasts you know no one wants to get covid regardless of whether no. you've been vaccinated it can be unpleasant whether you've had two jabs or one jab or no jabs and we are still getting deaths exactly um but the reason it hasn't got as apocalyptically bad as it has been in the past is because the vaccine coverage here is very good and in the u.s what looked like good vaccine coverage for a quite a long time plateaued. has now plateaued and has been exposed you could say by Mm. the delta variant because once you then get to a point where you've got a only maybe half just over half vaccinated population and a much more transmissible variant which is what the delta one is you've all of a sudden got a bit of a problem for yourself because australia is another good example they've been pretty lax on the vac like they haven't had a great deal of urgency on the vaccines they've had a terrible problem with the astrazeneca vaccine because of all that nonsense people were spreading around a while ago about oh it gives you blood clots and it's like what are you people talking about? And now now you've got a load of Australians who don't want to take the AstraZeneca one. They've got like three, four million doses sitting around. The Delta variant's got in yeah. and um, they're having so. to lock down places again, which means that... You did it to yourselves, Australia. Uh, you know, caveat, obviously, Australia had a, a shockingly low number of deaths. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. embarrassing, frankly, when you compare it, uh, compare those to, say, the UK's. We've done a terrible job. Yeah. But... You know, you can see the light at the end of what is a very, very dark tunnel very dark here. Tunnel, yeah. Australia, the tunnels, by and large, by 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 the standards of COVID tunnels, uh, if I can if I can use that, Australia's COVID tunnel has been relatively okay. Yeah, but they're still stuck in it, and there's no way out. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> that's where we're at. They're they're uh, waist deep, wading waist deep, but. Uh, it's it's quite it's not far to the end. Yeah, they're waist deep in a nasty swamp. We were for a long time right at the bottom, submerged in a nasty swamp, getting bitten at by crocodiles and sharks yeah. and all sorts of stuff. We were so deep we couldn't see the light. No, exactly. We've now crawled out, but we're absolutely covered in muck yeah. and blood and tears, and it's really quite nasty. But at least we're out. Yeah, Australia's still in there. Yeah, you know they've they've dealt with it okay, but they are still in the swamp. Now we're trying to clean ourselves off by jet washing ourselves with yeah. a fire. Hose. America, we're up on shore, perhaps even before us, and then the crocodiles launched out of the yeah. swamp, pulled them back in. Classic, classic America. I thought it was over. Yeah, it's not. Every time they think I'm out, they pull you back in. They pull you back in. But anyway, yeah. Hopefully talking everyone sorts their lives out, and I can go to Florida next year. Talking about uh, going back to all the presents real quick. Sure. How do you say? 
I thought you were going to ask me how they do a movie no. adaption. Chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips in it. What would you call that? What would I call that? Yeah. I'd call that a, a fine dessert, I would call that. Because I'd just call that chocolate chip ice cream. Oh, I see what you mean. Sorry. Right. Um, Why are you asking me this question? Because not, not Joe. Not oh. Sleepy Joe. What does Sleepy Joe say? He calls it chocolate chocolate chip. Chocolate chocolate chip? Yeah. I love me some chocolate chocolate chip. Chocolate chocolate chip. Give I me some chocolate chocolate chip. Is what... Mr. Biden says... Uh, he just goes off on one about ice cream. Yeah. And it's, just as you're leaving, he goes, oh, by the way, <laughs> get yourself some chocolate, chocolate chip. I would absolutely uh, I would absolutely love that. And I'd especially like it if Joe Biden sounded like your impression of him. Yeah. Which was excellent. Thanks. You're yeah. very welcome. Anyway, uh, so yeah, COVID. It's great. Speaking of COVID, it obviously uh, caused all the parks to shut for a long time. And I'd just like to... Uh, Use this opportunity, Josh, to consult my work email inbox, which is not something I think I would ever expect. I can't believe it. I know, right? This is how business-like I've become. I never expected to be able to do this on the Park Crush podcast, but I saw a news story about how Universal theme parks are profitable again, and I was going to consult that, and then it suddenly dawned on me that I was like, hang on a minute. I had this email from corporate before it was even in the news. I'm just going to pull that up. Give me a second. Disclaimer. I am technically a Comcast employee. You know, a few notches down, but I am. Anyway. Technically. So, uh, pretty good second quarter 2021 results for Comcast. I mean, Comcast, given that they, you know, have so many wings to the business, have Mm. done all right broadly uh, throughout the pandemic, you know, considering how much people have relied on home entertainment and broadband and all sorts of other stuff that Comcast provides. But, of course, there are certain arms of the business, theme parks, that didn't do so well out of COVID no. in the early days because they all had to close. I imagine you're the uh, US Comcast like broadband wing mm. arm did very well. Yeah, probably. They were charging, probably charging people to uh, <laughs> pay over I, their budget caps, I, I, their data caps. I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, but theme parks, the Universal theme parks, delivered their first profitable quarter since Q1 2020. Uh, driven by yeah. Universal Orlando. I remember we we covered that originally. What the what do you mean? Uh, they're they're profitable uh, or they're they're break even throughout. Oh right, they might have got back to the sort of break even stage, but yeah. I mean this is uh, this is uh, this is the, the 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 quarter that has just occurred. Yes, was their first profitable one for the theme yeah, park division. Yeah, so we, since the since COVID, I remember when they broke even, we was quite surprised because it was you know during the pandemic uh, and, they, and they were building a Velocicoaster. Um, they were off the back of Hagrid as well. Yes, and there was all the like, oh God, is 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 Epic Universe dead? Could, yeah. Will they do it? And of course, they they have they have committed, recommitted to mm. Epic Universe, which is great. Which is quite obviously because you know they've been doing so well financially, right? Off the back. Yeah, still. I guess so. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see. Great. To yeah, see. I guess you know from their point of view as well, they will feel vindicated in having recommitted to Epic Universe because the existing theme parks have been doing so well and there's yeah. such huge appetite for for them frankly i hope the appetite wanes a bit because the pictures of how absolutely ramo they've looked has frankly <laughs> scared me off going but i would love to go back and i want to do velocicoaster and, and hagrid and that's jason they, Bourne and all this new stuff i haven't done yet that's why they need a new theme park that's why they need a new theme park absolutely same with disney disney need probably like three new theme parks to Spread the. Uh, I mean, it'd be nice if they finished the out. ones they've already got. Yeah, you know, would be nice. Would be great. Yeah, we'll get fix on. the Yeti. Fix the Yeti. Finish Tron. Open the railroad. Come on, people. Come on, man. What's going on here? Guardians. Get that ridiculous contraption out of the lake in Epcot. What's going on with that? Josh, over to you. This goddamn thing. I hate it. I hate it. It's the worst looking thing that Disney could have possibly put on that poxy lake. Right, Josh, context, context here. Why? What is this you're talking about? Why are you talking about it now? What's what's happened? What's going on? Harmonious. Doesn't sound very harmonious to me. Disney have put out uh, behind the scenes on harmonious uh, story of global connection and celebration. And if I'm honest, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. This is kind of take it for what you will. At night. Looks looks delightful. Same. Uh, Turn all the lights off. I look at my absolute best. Yes. You know you got you got these like projections on the water. Got the water feature f- spraying. Looks really nice. You can only see it from two angles. 
front or the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't see it from the side. So if you're in like Mexico, for example, or Germany or Canada, you're pretty boned. I mean, you'd be doing well to see anything in Florida from those places, Josh. They're pretty far away. It's true, yeah. Um, Mexico's not that far. You, can, uh, you could see Florida. Uh, I mean, it depends where you're looking from. Mexico. Some of that wall did get done, didn't it? Yeah, it's true. Depends how high it is. Yeah. Where, whereas, you know, illuminations beforehand uh, or and whatever came in between or whatever or before, I can never remember the order of any of the fireworks shows, that was done in the round, so it didn't matter what country you stood in, in Epcot, or, uh, you could see the f- fireworks show, and it was great. Now, because it's all screen-based, you have to be either, from what looks like, either in America, uh, the pavilion, or uh, directly opposite America, where the kind of the entrance into the World Showcase is. Yeah, I just can't, I can't be dealing with it. And then, during the day... <laughs> As if it wasn't bad enough, they've turned the water fountains on during the day and it just looks embarrassing. It does look ridiculous. It looks, putting the water on has somehow made it look worse. I think it pro- I think it does, yeah. I, my, my thought on this would be, what, what would someone who doesn't stay on top of this stuff... So, like, you know, my dad. He loves the Disney... He loves he the does. Florida theme parks. Yep. Uh, you know, it's why he's kept going back for more than 20 years at this point. But he doesn't read the blogs. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He turns up. He doesn't really know what's new. He'll, he'll absorb, absorb some of it through yeah. me. Like, he'll know there's a new Jurassic Park roller coaster, but he won't know the kind of specifics, really. So if he turned up at Epcot next spring or whatever and he saw this, he'd undoubtedly ask me, what the hell is that? What is that? For what they build in there? And I'd be like, it's it's finished. It's, that's, yes, that, that's, that, it. that's the... That's the beautiful new visual showpiece for Epcot. It's kind of like, you know, once you pass the uh, big golf ball, this is kind of the centerpiece yeah. of, of the park. They they think it's great. They've kind of been bigging it up as the one of the kind of the big Epcot addition this year. Frankly, I mean, people say Ratatouille, but I don't know Ratatouille at this point. It's not gonna. It's gonna feel old by the time it opens because yeah, it feels exactly. like it should have. It's been. We've been waiting for it for so long. This is, you know. They're really selling it. You know, you watch the PR and you watch any PR and they make you trying to convince you that you might think it looks completely ridiculous and they'll try and convince you it looks fantastic. Yeah. But they genuinely do seem really proud of it. And like you say, Josh, there are things to be proud of about it. The show itself from the optimum angle, I'm sure will look pretty spectacular. But in every other context, this thing looks really stupid. And not only that, but it looks ugly. It looks out of place. And it doesn't hit the high watermark that people traditionally have for for Disney, for, for anything Disney, frankly, but certainly not their kind of shows and big nighttime spectaculars. I mean, this just looks like a major misstep. It looks like someone had pitched this show in a room. Someone yeah. said, and what about for the rest of the time? And I don't know, they just thought, oh, we'll, we'll worry about it later. I don't, think that, I don't think anyone brought that up. I think, no, you just think they, they, they pitched this and someone went, that's a great idea. That's going to look awesome. Yeah. And they didn't think that it's in the middle of a lake where you can see it from all different angles and it's still going to have to be there during the day where it looks ugly as sin. It's like they, they were like, we need a Fantasmic but for Epcot. What do we do? Mm. And the, and this is what they came up with and then without thinking. And I know it's called Harmonious. I, I think it looks quite evil. It's not harmonious in any way. It's not in harmony with Epcot. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, this is good. This is good. Keep going. It's not in harmony uh, with the environment. Oh. Um, and quite frankly, yeah, it's not in harmony with uh, good feng shui. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, it does look evil. You're absolutely right. It does look evil. I mean, everyone has obviously made the joke many times that it's Doc Gox's lair from Spider-Man 2, but I, it looks more than that to me. You, you said it, I'm I'm slightly buying into more a bit a kind of evil Stargate vibe. The whole thing yeah. just looks like an evil sci-fi villain's lair. Like, I, I I don't quite know what they were thinking. It just looks very weird. Yeah. I'm, I don't like it. I'm thinking don't like, like it. The, the evil genius franchise video games or maybe uh kind of the 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 beginnings of syndrome's evil island base <laughs> yeah so you asked me before we uh start recording how long i think this will 
last and and i said you know i I don't know but i'd imagine i I find it impossible to believe that they won't have to have a major rethink at some point just because it see it feels like the reaction has been pretty negative so far and i I, i'm sure you'll get some people who only i mean and you know the problem is 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 you, you probably won't there's probably not a person alive that will ever see this purely how it was intended like for the vast majority of its yeah. time in Epcot, however long that is, it looks ridiculous. And when the show's on, as you say, from certain angles, you'll appreciate it. And, and, and there will be people, I'm sure, who, if they ever get that experience, that optimum experience, they will undoubtedly be impressed and say, oh, so that's what it's meant to be like. That's what it's all about. But then half an hour later, when the show's over and the lights turn on, you're instantly back to thinking, oh, God. Yeah. You know. So I can't. I cannot believe that there won't be a rethink eventually because, I mean, eventually someone is someone high up enough, surely, is going to look at that and say, what the hell will we think? What's happened here? Yeah. Where's all, has all, how much did this cost? The, the way they talk through it in the behind-the-scenes thing, I feel like the first uh, stage, the kind of welcoming, trying to bring people in to watch it, I feel like that's going to be on for a, a little bit of time, you know, as people mm. gather yeah. And then at the end, when it finishes, it's still going to be just doing water effects and lighting effects, but nothing on the screens or whatever. Yeah. So it looks nice until everyone's left the park and then they turn all the lights on and it's just the janitor sweeping away. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. No, and no, like, I'm trying to think like... It's too late now. People like buy into seat, like book seats in like Mex- in the restaurant outside Mexico or in, uh, is it China or Japan, I can never remember, or France or Britain, uh, UK, where they can get good views of the fireworks displays. But those seats aren't in good spots for this show because they're all at diagonal angles to the screen. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, You know, I think they're going to sell sort of good, they're going to sell exclusive seats that get the best view. You would think so. I reckon they're going to do that. Yeah. yeah. People will pay. In theory, you know, if they finished, if they did the uh, that weird circular rooftop terrace garden area, mm. great views if they ever built that. Yeah. But from the rumours, that's not going to get built anymore. Well. So. At least they haven't started it and we'll leave it half finished. Or have they started it? Have they started it? Shut up, Siri. God damn it, Siri. Um... No, they haven't started building it. They were still. They had. They've done all the demolition now. I think of all the area around uh, the entranceway. So they're in the process of building the new stuff. I think, but they're not. They haven't started that bit, and they're not going to. They're not going to say. Right. Well, there we have it. Harmonious. We'll see what comes of it and what people think once it's sort of fully online. I suppose. Just finally, then uh, getting back to behind the attractions. So. Um, Last week, we talked about the first three or four episodes. I'd watch the first four. Josh would watch the first three. Yeah. Uh, I still don't know when the second batch of episodes are coming. They may be out as of release of this podcast, possibly, or maybe they're not. I'd imagine maybe they are. When did they come out first go? Was it a Friday? Yeah, I think so. Maybe they will be out by then, then, or by now. By the time you hear this, episodes six through ten, they might be out. But right now, we've only watched episodes... One through five. If you want to hear our thoughts on episodes one through three, then listen to last week's show. But for now, uh, Josh, just very briefly, what did you make of the Tower of Terror episode? Because I, I think I talked a bit about that last week. I, uh, uh, yeah, I really I, enjoyed it. Um, I kind of knew most of it already because that is one of my favourites. Mm. But yeah, it was good. To did see. you know that the Paris version was built with concrete and the California version was built with steel? <laughs> I didn't know that, no. But... I did recognise a number of the um, ride attraction uh, hosts. Oh, really? Yeah. From which one? Uh, All from of them. Florida and Paris. Oh, you recognise the Paris man? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. That's an incredible he memory joke. you've got. He made a joke about us uh, while we was queuing, and it was raining outside, so we didn't want to go out in the rain, and he made a joke about it. What uh, did he say? I can't remember the wording exactly, because he had an accent. Oh, right. Um... Hollywood, I suppose. It was definitely him. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've met a celebrity. I've met a celebrity. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and Space Mountain then. So we watched that one today. Yes. And uh, 
I my main takeaway from I love Space Mountain and I've loved both versions of Space Mountain that I have done, which are the Magic Kingdom version and the uh, Paris version, albeit only as Hyperspace Mountain. And what I was going to say was, as much as I thought I loved Hyperspace Mountain, and I do, uh, as a Star Wars fan, that that uh, reskin, I guess, that they gave that ride, I, I think is pretty cool. But, yep. you know, hearing them talk about the design ethos behind that OG Paris Space Mountain and, and how they tried to make it really different because, you know, a running gag through the episode is basically how they just keep kept on replicating the same OG yeah. Space Mountain to an extent everywhere. They had the original in, in Florida, then they tried to bring it to California and it was too big, so they made it a bit smaller. And then that version is what ended up everywhere else pretty much. Yep. Uh, but they mixed it up in Paris because they thought they needed something like Disneyland Paris... Uh, the French were, I think, you know, famously sceptical about the idea of this kind of big American conglomerate coming over and not understanding their culture. Coming and, over here, stealing our theme parks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so they tried to come up with something a bit different for Space Mountain and obviously made it more Jules Verne-inspired mm. and, you know, the, the, the launch and all the, the talk they, they, you know, the way they hyped up the launch. It's so good. Not just it. as a, oh, that's a cool element for a roller coaster but how they kind of tied it into the story and the history and how yeah. Jules Verne had written about how in his kind of dream you know things that had been built for war how could they be turned into something that could be used for peace and yes. he talked about how cannons could be used to fire rockets into space and yes. that's kind of the basis for the uh, for the story of the space mountain that was in Paris and also the design of the building with the rocket up the side and that's where the, yeah. the coaster launches and he's right in a way right because we originally used rockets to bomb uh, the Nazis used them to bomb us mm. then the, for nuclear missiles and now and you know Jeff Bezos is going to space so he sure is the the OG Lex Luthor yes you know Bob Chapek's got a long way to go before he uh, ends up in space mm. and, and the Lex Luthor wars can truly begin one can hope but uh, yeah as I say um, I, I did want to I did want to caveat by saying I, I do think I'm, and I'm sure if I, if I did it again I would love the, the Star Wars overlay to Space Mountain because I do think it's cool but it did make me a little bit sad that you know they talked so in such loving terms mm. about how about the thought that went into the uh, Paris Space Mountain and now all that kind of build up and the aesthetic kind of is undermined by the fact that once you're on the ride, you're being shot into a Star Wars scene rather than it being this cohesive, yeah. more cohesive experience as it was originally. Yeah, um, they've redone some of the graphics on the building and that sort of thing, so it's like um, Star Warsy. Yeah, on the outside, but yeah, it's just you don't quite get that same thing as what they seem to be trying to go for. Um, mm. I still think it's the best Space Mountain. Yeah, I think it probably is. I do have a real soft spot for the Magic Kingdom one. I love those comfy seats, as I've said on this show before. But yes, yeah, Hyperspace Mountain was, I think, more than any ride when we went to Paris was the, oh, I need to do that again. Yeah. I want to do that again. Let's go back on that. And you broke your phone on it and you still love it. It's, it's true. Which says everything. Yeah. I still have that phone somewhere. Really? Yeah. What would you do differently next time? Front pocket, I guess. Phone in the front pocket. <laughs> Yeah, but then our front front pockets don't have zips or anything on them, right? So oh, it's, uh, leave it with the ride attendant, I guess. Yeah, what's it going to do? Take selfies with it? Oh well, maybe. Yeah, well then you'll just have another celebrity just on your phone in you know forevermore, which would be pretty cool. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, any other takeaways for you, Josh, from the uh, Space Mountain episode, yeah, other I, than just getting angry that Tron is still not finished in God, Florida? Yeah. Um, I I think that there's a point in this show where they're starting to take the mick out of Disney a little bit with mm, the yeah. uh, if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah thing that Disney keeps talking about they've kind of taken the mick out of them like sometimes they change it sometimes they don't they're a bit of a laughing stock because they try and swing that same rhetoric both ways mm. um, and yeah I think they've taken the, the show is laughing at Disney a little yeah which I like yeah well that's going to do it for this week's Park Crush podcast I think we are now as of recording we would have been six minutes into our screening of the room. How are you feeling? Great. Yeah? yeah. You're happy? You happy? We watch, made the right call? I'm going to go watch some uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a great use of time. Excellent. Um, get an early night ready for a great Friday in uh, Jaws and Dresser Park. Yes, it's going to be an excellent Friday and hopefully an excellent Saturday as well. As I said, keep an eye out. There may well be an unprecedented 
second podcast there won't be over the weekend if we get to go and see Jungle Cruise you seem sceptical Josh well I, yeah I just don't think we'll fit it in what's Jungle Cruise yeah no like that and then an episode like, no I I'm let's talk about this after, after the, the show, show. <laughs> anyway if you want to keep up with the show in the meantime you can do so on Twitter at Park Rush Podcast or you can email us podcast at parkrush.com you can find the show notes where Josh writes up uh, links to articles that we've referenced during the show and other bits and pieces at newhighscore.co.uk. Please excuse the cobwebs. Uh, the website broke, kind of, and uh, we don't know how to fix it. <laughs> and you can subscribe, of course, if you haven't already, on your preferred podcasting app. Something's going on outside. Some yeah. foxes are getting jiggy with it. Apologies. It's that time of night, so we'd better make a move. Take it easy, everybody. Go get your vaccine if you haven't already, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.